the way in which we carry ourselves and move through the world is so much more important than what we do to get a paycheck. Today on Doing Good, the podcast, what are you going to be when you grow up? It's one of the first questions we ask our kids, and let's get real. Some of us are still trying to figure that answer out several decades later. You know, for some, it's as easy as choosing a major, just following a dream. But for many, identifying a vocational path in life can be one of life's biggest challenges. Today, the Doing Good Gang learns more about a unique program called Inner Year Fellowship. Listen along as we discover how young adults are moving to the mountains of Appalachia and just devoting themselves to something radical, a life of service and learning and even a life of silence as they figure out what's next while just loving the people they meet every day. Whether you are 16 or 60, we think you're going to get a clearer vision of what it means to do good while you do your job, whatever that job may be. And we think you'll be inspired to reevaluate the why behind what you do and look for some new ways where you can do some good wherever you are. My name is Susanna. And I'm Elijah. Welcome to Doing Good, the podcast where we and our parents talk about the good that's happening in our community and the people that are making those good things happen. So we actually just kind of sit here until we're told to talk, but we're actually the funny ones, so stick around and listen. Hey everybody, welcome back to Doing Good, the podcast. I'm here with... Susanna. Dr. Becky. Hi Elijah, it's Mr. Josh, your Oh dad. my gosh. It's good uh, to see you. Mr. Josh is the only one who's had coffee this morning. Oh, not enough here in my uh, in my to-go mug, which oh. is a little small in size this morning. That's but okay. So, so, yes, Try you're the only out. one with coffee yeah. this morning. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about today's guest, guys, because I don't know about you, but I'm I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. Yeah. How about you? Are you guys? You no, I'm locked in to locked a in. horrible cycle of life. That okay, I'll never Wait, be for able our to listeners, yeah, you guys just have it so tough. Yeah, like, <laughs> junior and so. Uh, for those who don't know, what do you do for a living, Dr. Becky? Um, a professional party planner. <laughs> you should be. You're good at that. Uh, no, I'm a general pediatrician. A general. What do you mean, as opposed to a specific? Well, you know, a, a pediatrician who subspecializes. I mean, okay. I guess I do sort of subspecialize uh-huh. in breastfeeding medicine, but okay. Yeah. So you mean to tell me that you know that's what you want to do with the rest of your life? Yeah, for okay. what's left of it. <laughs> That was dark. Dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> Doing good. The podcast takes I think a dark you, I think turn. you have many, many years left. Uh, oh, we'll see. I, um, but yes, I was very fortunate in that I knew very early that I, what my career path would be yeah. and that um, the right doors and windows opened up so that I could pursue my passion and my dream. And um, Come yeah. on. You didn't. The, you knocked the doors down and shoved the windows up. Um, hmm. You made your own path forward. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yes, but but honestly, some things, some things you got, some hurdles you have to crawl over, and right. some hurdles you have to go around, and some hurdles, um, the doors just open up for you. Yeah. So, yeah. it all works together to get you where you should be. We have two people here who are at the precipice. 
trying to figure out what they're going to do. Can we shove them off? Well, I mean, I know it's something that we never talk about <laughs> or anything. You know, Susanna, well, you're closer. You're just about to graduate. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? Well, you know how everyone as a child like knows what they want to be when they grow up for sure? Uh-huh. Mine was a trash man. Oh, like a public works on yes. the back of a truck? Not bad. I'll yeah. get paid well. Uh-huh. It is actually pretty good for the amount of I education s- I they have to go into that. Yeah. Just last week, I changed my mind, though. Oh, you I, changed your major. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I want to go into physical therapy. But okay. I don't know. Trash Man still sounds pretty appealing. Love. Love. Mm. Trash Man. That's a good one. If you ever followed a trash truck, yeah. you watch those guys get on and off that truck. Yeah. Looks fun. Parkour. Parkour. Big time. Mm-hmm. Major core, daily core, and just think of the and variety. And slinging those trash cans around. A lot of a lot, a lot of rage management and an incredible service to the community. What yeah, would seriously. we do if they didn't roll in? Yeah. No, I know. I try to be nice when I get trapped behind them on our little roads in Elizabethan, <laughs> and I can't go to work on time. What was your dream childhood job, Mr. Josh? Oh, I'm asking the questions here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's turn the table. Uh, you know what I wanted to be? I wanted to. I when I remember as a kid watching um, the 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 TV and um, and they would. There, I, I remember one time I saw video of the United Nations oh. where all the people are sitting in the room. I had no idea what in the world those people were doing or what they were talking about. But there were these people that had the headphones on. Oh, the interpreter. The interpreter. Oh, that's cool. And I wanted to be an interpreter. I yep. wanted to learn a bunch of languages, and then I was going to be an interpreter. What a bizarre, kind of like. So we just had ball. we just had Susanna's top ten percent banquet at the uh-huh. high school yeah. um, because yes, my baby, my in the baby, top 10%, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, flex. <laughs> But um, one of the kids there in their bio wanted to be a um, wanted to be a UN interpreter. Yeah. Do you remember who that was? Mm-mm. I was not paying attention. Susanna <laughs> was dreaming of her life as got, a physical that's therapist. That's how she got oh, into yeah. the, you know, into that top ten. I, I think for me it was trying to figure out you know just a way out to get out of like you know th- I wanted to see the world. And that was my thought, that that was a way to do it. Maybe that was it. That dream quickly died when I t- signed up for Spanish One. Mm. How about you, Elijah? What do I want to do? Yeah. I mean, you're 17. Go. Decide right now. Any ideas? Well, I wanted to be a daredevil whenever I was <laughs> mm-hmm. really young. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like an archaeologist. I-, I couldn't make up my mind. I wanted to do like every single possible thing. And Good like a, you. a mad scientist. Mm-hmm. Mad scientist. Yep. Mad, specifically a mad scientist, oh, not yeah. just a scientist. I, I plan to at some point go insane in the process. I gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not you will just next a scientist, year in physics. <laughs> a mad scientist. Physics wasn't too bad, was it? I've probably learned like three things. So well, coach okay, this is uh, physics was really difficult. I guess today's going to help people talk about, kind of look at that way of moving forward with their career vocationally. But you know what I'm excited about? What? I'm wondering if any of you have been cue the sound effect caught doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of one. I did. Uh, so this is our weekly, monthly, however many times we can get in the studio segment on uh, when we witness someone doing good things. And I think this level is this represents a level of great anxiety for the doing good gang here because I can tell some of you just are struggling with 
thinking of someone you caught doing good. But we're pretty. Oh, I, there we go. I didn't even expect that. It was bonus. Besides ourselves, right? That's right. Yeah, we've. Yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to focus on yourself here. Even though you were caught doing good multiple times this week. Go, Dr. Powers. No, I can't stop. I cannot start off. Somebody else needs to start off. Susanna Grace Digby. Yeah, I'll go for it. Okay. So, sophomore year, my biology teacher named Miss Wagner is my caught doing good. Hold on, that's two years ago. No, no, no. no, Not because of that. So, just recently, I've watched her, like, be absolutely selfless in the planning and execution of not only the top 10% banquet, but also the senior prom. Like she's worked so hard and done so much for both of the events and still going for honors day and graduation. Mm. Like specifically I watched her at the King center when I was also there, but she was working so hard to get it decorated and look nice and make sure that we had a great night. Doing it not for the stipend. But oh, no, definitely no, not. for the love of the kids. Yes. How awesome. Love that. Love that, uh, that is an excellent yeah, caught a, doing good. I'd like to, I'd like to catch Susanna doing good, get, uh-huh. uh, recognizing people who are doing good. I think that's great. Making lives better. Wow. You got one light? <laughs> what, have you, uh, have you uh, are, do you have a moment where you can say you caught someone doing good? Yes. No, I'm sorry, we're not going to Yeah, that was awkward. You've got to get the verbiage exactly right for it to work. Um, yeah, I, I've i been doing... I had the word someone in there, and that trashed the harp. Yeah. Good. Dang. Uh, my tutor, through the co-op we do, which is kind of a foreign concept to most people, but I'm homeschooled. This is my last year being really? homeschooled. Yeah, it's like my entire identity now, but... <laughs> I'm homeschooled. Not go really, to a dude. Co-op. You're done, but go ahead. I am, yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm done with homeschooling now. You can't call me a homeschooler anymore. <laughs> but I... <laughs> I definitely can. <laughs> Always will be. Yep. I have a tutor who his job, or her, I've had mostly girls in the past, but this, this time was Women, first. not girls. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> and that's that's your teacher. Essentially. Yes, it, One it's day the teacher, teacher. They they don't get paid a lot to do it either. It's not like it's a job for them. It, it's um my, my my tutor. His name's Larry Stam. His daughter is in the class, so that that that's part of the reason. But um, just my caught doing good is just he's kind of selflessly just been working with us kids all year round and. He leads good discussions, and he's a good teacher, and uh, he doesn't get paid much to do it. So it's very charitable on his part. I think he's brilliant. He yeah, is, he's yeah. good, phenomenal in- instructor, lovely. That's yeah. great. So teachers, teachers getting some love here on the podcast today. Yeah. How about mm-hmm. you, Dr. Becky? Well, What's I can do one. Caught doing good. I can do. I can do also. Um, <laughs> a, a, a former teacher somebody in in education but i'm going to give a big shout out to um mrs vera meredith um, oh Peters, the legend who um okay in our so, little town she's a legend yeah she is a legend mm-hmm. she is really one of the kindest most selfless people that i know and um and recently we have a friend who is about to have a baby um rochelle james woo we're all very excited to meet the baby. But we had her baby shower at um, Miss Vera's farm. 
And Miss Vera, a couple of things she had done that day, but she had taken uh, just a lot of effort into really making the area where we were having the baby shower just really beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, um, and it really, it, it helped a lot for those of us throwing the shower because we didn't have to do a whole lot of decorating, but it was just so gorgeous. Above and, and beyond. Above and beyond, always. And that's Miss Vera. Mm-hmm. She's above and beyond. But then, and, and so one of the things we did at the baby shower was we did an embroidery project with all the guests and we were sitting and talking and we were talking about um yeah she was she was all three of my girls kindergarten teacher and we were so fortunate to be able to make that happen because um one of the things I felt about Miss Vera was she really 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 um took the time to make sure all the kids got off to the best start in their educational mm-hmm. career. And we were talking about once when Susanna got in trouble for putting her fingers in her mouth and had to go sit in the corner. And Susanna came home and she was devastated about that mm-hmm. because she got in trouble for that. Well, that's clearly injustice right there. And Miss Vera... And Miss Vera... Put her in her mouth if she wants to. And Miss mm-hmm. Vera said, you know, Becky... she And that's something I never thought about, right? Um, but she said, you know, Becky, I made sure every single one of those kids got in trouble for something so that they could learn the lesson that they could get called out for misbehavior and and survive it. That and just, so, just made your the developmentally. I mean, you love to that. tell you, I am like, how brilliant is that? That this woman in kindergarten would would call them out for something and, and to teach them that valuable lesson. That's, that's, that's and she is. and she talked about how she would get herself in trouble and make herself go sit in the corner sometimes. And um, I just was like, oh. Yeah, punishment. You feed off of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it feeds my soul. No. Susanna's like, y'all are crazy. And I (laughs) I don't even remember that. Of course you don't, but but I do because you were really devastated as a kindergartner. But what you learned was that it's just not that big a deal. And I can see your nose. Mm -hmm. Please pull your mask up. (laughs) It's a mark of just like, it's a mark of, oh, God. uh, that oh is a. Let's <laughs> turn that down. <laughs> Did you just mute me? No, no I, I just. <laughs> my my laughing is driving him crazy. I think uh, he turned me down. What you just did there was you got her in trouble so that she could see how being mask busted, <laughs> mask busted. <laughs> She can overcome that. You know what? She can overcome. She can that. overcome that. So when you get indicted again. by a grand jury, you can make it through that as well. This is helping uh, you prepare. Then <laughs> <laughs> you get falsely accused of a felony. Oh my god! Drives me so nuts. Okay, have you done yours yet? I'm, no, no, I'm sorry. But anyway. Uh, Vera Peters, I love you it. are a saint in our eyes, and I have nothing but respect. Go book your next event at Meredith Valley Farms. Well, uh, she's not doing big events anymore. Sure, you think she's she's renting, is, she is now. Well, she's renting her Riverside cabins for, um, I guess she's not doing weddings, but she's renting her Riverside cabins on Airbnb. So if you need a great getaway, go check out right Meredith Valley. Watauga River. Yeah, gorgeous. Hey, guys, are you ready for my caught doing good? Sure. Sheesh. The three of you are making me feel very unwanted right now. Because <laughs> it's like, I could have said, are you ready for a proctology visit? And I'd have gotten the same response. I was, I'm still borderline annoyed. It's okay. 
What? Backstory no here. And a shocker, it involves the vaccine. Okay. Anyway, oh uh, I'm going to say that all of your teacher stories are kind of lame. Oh. <laughs> so, I think everyone, everyone copied me. I'm just, I think so, too. I yeah. think, Susanna, you inspired a movie. But I'm going to go with something different, guys. Okay. Thank you. Because you all know I we have chickens. Yeah. Henrietta. Big Bertha, Bertha. Bertha and... Bertha's done nothing. Esther. Henrietta is in heaven right now. Oh, she had Henrietta a, yeah, died. Yeah, Henrietta died. Thanks for bringing it up, Susanna, you know? <laughs> Pick oh, at that scab, Susanna. Come Pick on, at Susanna. Let's just talk about just death. Just turn the, the knife a little bit. <laughs> yeah. What Bertha about Esther? and Esther. Well, you speak of death, and it was really related <laughs> to that. That almost happened the other night. I got a phone call from my neighbor who lives up the street. Her name, we'll call her Sandy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that is her name. That is her name. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, she's like, Josh, it's Sandy. I said, hi, Sandy. She actually doesn't talk like that. She's okay. quite a normal person. Oh. And I said, but I would like, for the purpose of my story, I'm going to have her sound like this. Josh, it's Sandy. <laughs> I said, hey, what's up? She goes, John called, and the, there's a dog attacking your chickens. Oh. Okay, now, I'm like, who's John, number one? <laughs> And what? You know, so our house is weird in that you can be in one end and it's kind of easy not to know because it's a long, mm-hmm. narrow house. And so I go running down the hallway and I go out and just in time to see this, this, this mangy dog outside just barking at the chickens. And, and Bertha is literally throwing feathers off inside of her cage, just freaking out. <laughs> kind of like you when you saw Susanna with the mask below her nose. You were like, if you were a chicken, feathers mm-hmm. would be flying. So I chase the dog off. I throw something at it, and it goes and runs off, and, and the chickens are, are okay. But it turns out John is is my neighbor who lives just, like, on the other side, oh. and he's, like, 92, oh. and he's sitting on his back porch, and he does not have my number handy, oh. but he has... Sandy's number handy. So he calls Sandy on the phone and says, Sandy, do you have Josh and Kristen's number? Please call them. The chickens are under attack. So Sandy calls me. (laughs) (laughs) So I was able to get the other, the dog away. And so who, why is someone caught doing good here? Because I think I have good neighbors. And it made me think neighbors are huge right now. Are they mm-hmm. not? Right. So, mm-hmm. so we have another person in our neighborhood who's over 90. Yeah. Oh, they're, we're surrounded. So by the them. average age in our neighborhood is like 80 yeah. something, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. But yeah. they're all dying out and other people are buying their houses. No, they're living forever. They're old. They're they're just amazing specimens of humanity, but they're just very healthy That's awesome. and strong. Anyway, he's sitting on his porch. I think he take, you know, he could have just been like, "Hey, it's the, you know, blood sport. Well, let's mm-hmm. go. Let's watch mm-hmm. some chickens and dogs." And he's and no, or he could have said, "You know what? I'm going to go in the house." I got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. See nothing, say nothing, which is I think the temptation for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. I don't want to no, he picks up the rotary dial telephone. <laughs> and he calls one neighbor who calls me. And I think, man, you know, how awesome. Yeah, it is. Neighbors it's, are it's huge. It's great to have neighbors who are looking out like that. If it's of any consolation to three of you, my neighbor Sandy is a former teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, that makes so us all there's feel a better. Bit of On education there. appreciation day. Yeah, here. exactly. Um, well, I do think next week is Teacher Appreciation Week, and that's when this podcast will come out. Oh, so, okay. So well, I think it's a I think it's a good theme. I think teachers need to be appreciated. I hope you're appreciating Larry and Ms. Wagner. Mm-hmm. Well, and okay. So, all right, teachers, school, 
Uh-huh. The next step. The next step. I think we've all talked about this, so <laughs> I think this is probably a good time to bring in to, to bring in our our guest. It is going to be so cool to talk to him, Tim Baumgartner with Inner Year Fellowship. Let's go. Awesome. Okay, hey, we're back, and we have Tim Baumgartner here with Inter Year Fellowship. And um, hi, Tim. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. All right. Tim, I imagine you spend so much time trying to tell people what Inter Year Fellowship is. I do, yeah. So, And, and that's great, though. Want to have a go at it? <laughs> I, I love it. I think I get it. Okay. We're getting it, but sure. we want to really get it. So okay. what, what is it? Well, so Inter Year Fellowship is a, it's a faith-based gap year program for young adults post-college, so 21 to 30. So it's not your typical right out of high school so us, gap year program. Basically, right. Dr. Becky. Close, me. real close. <laughs> we're, we're, I guess we are that target audience, Josh. <laughs> 21 so, to 30. Yeah, 21 to 30. And it, it is a, it's a year-long, 11-month uh, program. And, and you know, a lot of people are familiar with AmeriCorps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been around for just over 50 years. But what most people don't know is that the faith-based community has been doing year-long service opportunities like this for over 100 years. And Inner Year Fellowship is just another version of that. And uh, so what we do is we give folks a chance to live in a beautiful house in an intentional community. And while they're living together and trying to figure stuff out and the chores and meals and all that kind of stuff, we, it is a faith-based program. And so we have morning and evening prayer together. And, and then they work for a nonprofit or ministry here in town, Johnson City, and get a chance to see if that's a career that they might want to pursue or potentially a place where they might want to work or get hired. Um, and then I work with them on kind of developing some spiritual rhythms uh, and formation kind of uh, more focus on contemplative practices mm. mm-hmm. um, so that we can kind of um, kind of deal with our own brokenness. That way, when we're out in the world, then we are better equipped to deal with brokenness in the world. And, and then we work on vocational discernment, which is a fancy way of saying, what am I going to do in this world? Mm-hmm. And where's my best place? How can I use my gifts and talents to bring to bear on the world and, and make a positive impact in some way? Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so uh, what... If you could pick your most perfect applicant mm. for inter year, yeah. what would that person look like? I don't know. Not I, look like, but you know, who sure. would that person be? I, I think that there are, see, the beauty of it is that there's a variety of people, mm-hmm. and, there, and there isn't just one. Mm-hmm. So there are, I, I guess, kind of fall into two camps, really. So one would be someone who has graduated college, and they know what they want to do mm-hmm. in life. But they thought, you know what, let me just take a year before I go down that road and just kind of focus on myself a little bit and spend some time developing some spiritual practices and habits, get my life in order in a way that I've not been able to while I was in college. And then after that, then what they learn with us throughout the year, then we'll serve them throughout the rest of their life, whatever that next step might be, whether that's grad school or or a career path that they've chosen. Mm -hmm. So somebody who knows what they want to do and just like, hey, I need this time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, then there might be somebody who's graduated college and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got this degree in psychology, but I don't know what to do with it. Or maybe a degree in ministry or humanities. I mean, if you got a degree in humanities, you basically is just a ticket to grad school. Mm-hmm. That's, pre- that's pretty much all it is. <laughs> that's what I had. And so Either that or a, tr- or, or a ticket to a job that doesn't need a degree right, right. specific Yes, thing. it's I'm well-rounded human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Or you have family money. Oh, you're a trust fund baby. <laughs> yeah. So I, 
That's what that's I probably want to be not when I grow up. Market, <laughs> so I think that uh, so for for a young adult who's not sure what they want to do, this is the time and space to kind of sit and wrestle with those really hard, big questions that kind of govern what is what is what is what am I here for? Yeah. What is my meaning? What is my purpose? Um, and and these are called fellows. Yep, we call them fellows. Yep, guys and girls. Both fellows, because mm-hmm. um, there is an academic component to it, and so it is a fellowship. And so, um, that we uh, we have education, and so every month we kind of focus on a different topic. And so we read through lots of great books and uh, articles and that kind of stuff. But so there's that that academic component to it. Um, but I would say there's actually kind of a third person that would be a, an, a, an ideal target, somebody who maybe went down a career path or a you know, grad school path and like, you know, this really isn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm second guessing this direction mm-hmm. and I need a new direction, but I'm not quite sure how to chart that course. Hmm. And so that is so to many people come back and hang out. There's, yeah. Oh my so really gosh. anyone who, who, wants who has to take questioned, some time. you know, we were talking beforehand, Dr. Becky knew at a young age, she wanted to help care for children. She wanted to be mm-hmm. a, a doctor. Yeah. Those are, you're very rare, I would think, people who have a very early, clear direction. Mm-hmm. Many people struggle with this. Yeah. And, and maybe are struggling with this to this day. Sure. And they're in their 50s. Yeah. I'm getting closer. I've changed careers a few times. Which begs the question, how did you get to this point that you are leading a group like this? Yeah, it's a long road. Like I, I thought that I had that kind of confidence that I knew that I what I wanted to do. And so my whole... Life through high school was focused on science and math. And so, like, I put aside music and everything so that I could focus on math and science. And so, when I graduated high school, I was a second semester freshman in college already. And I, I went through, and all the way through, uh, I did differential equations and linear algebra, and I was going to be a chemical engineer. Mm. And so... You're a nerd. I was yeah. totally a nerd. And nerds are the best. <laughs> we are. We are. We, we are love nerds on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I played tennis, too. So, I mean, I was Oh, just, you're really oh a nerd. <laughs> yeah, it's so, like your whole life. Yep. Susanna. <laughs> so, both of y'all play tennis? We do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's like, okay. what have I stepped in? Great. <laughs> Wonderful. I and then you... <laughs> you're, you're, you're turned off. See, I didn't <laughs> like differential <laughs> equations, but I loved linear algebra, which was after that. No. So. Oh, my gosh. No. And so then uh, thermodynamics and all that kind of stuff. And then I was actually involved in a campus ministry. I went to Oklahoma State University. What? I, I grew up in North Texas. I just so. got everybody Eskimo Joe's T-shirts. <sighs> I'm so jealous. I know. You didn't go there, How did you? I know? Oh, I've been there many times. Like I grew recently? Up, or did um, you just order No, some? I just ordered online yeah. because I just needed, you know, the t- plastic tumblers? Oh, yeah. I needed those. I, I mean, we used to have stacks of them. Yeah, now yeah. I have a stack also because you yeah. can get a ton of them for like $12. That's so great. I should do that. And she have t-shirts, too. And they I did. Swag. I bought yeah. them all t-shirts. I don't think I have any more t-shirts. I think I'm out. I'm so out. You went to Oklahoma State. Dr. Becky, you're from Oklahoma City. Or well, you there. yes. Okay. So my, my, my parents grew up in Tuttle. Oh, Tuttle, because so I grew up in Lawton. Really? Get out! That is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> oh my God. That's so great. It's such a small world. It really is. Yep. So my, yeah, my parents, my mom was from Minko. My dad was from Tuttle. Get out! <laughs> and, and so they uh, he worked for Halliburton right out of college. Yeah, he went to Oklahoma State. <laughs> My dad was Army. So. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, yeah so then they, were, they lived in Duncan for a while. Duncan, that was the name of our yes. first dog. What? They named their dogs after Oklahoma <laughs> cities. Their current name hey, is? Our current dog is named Bowley Manford. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. So, But we do That's name so our town. We name our dogs and our computers after dog, uh, towns in Oklahoma. That's fun. That's really great. I think we've had a Tuttle. Really? A computer named Tuttle. Yeah. But we have not had a computer named Minko, which is a problem. That's a good that's a good name. That's a good Time name. To go that's to a good name for a for a pet. Yeah. Too. Here yeah. we go to Best Buy. Yes. Awesome. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we digress. That's a we'll have to talk more about Oklahoma later. I wish I'd brought <laughs> you so a, oh, a, a Eskimo Joe's cup. That would be so good. Before and it's Wednesday. Sh- sh- it's hump day. Oh, so yeah, like I'm half price burgers. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> go to OSU, so I don't know all of the ins and outs. You know, yeah. before she wasn't sure if she liked you, but you're but in now. now. <laughs> We're, good. We're good. I like everybody, <laughs> except people who make me mad about the vaccine. I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're trucking along. Yeah, you're just in college, yeah. <laughs> and I was involved in a campus ministry. Which and, was? Uh, Can I we was ask? The Navigators. Okay. And so it's a military-based initially. Mm-hmm. It kind of started with the, in the Navy. Um, and so focused in on discipleship, and we were actually on a, on a retreat uh, in Kansas. We were in Lawrence, Kansas. And I just felt, I don't have to be an engineer. And it was like this voice in my head that said, you don't have to be an engineer. And there was no, it was nothing more than that. There was no direction like, you need to do this. It was just, hey, this path that you've been on doesn't have to be the one that you stay on. You can change. And it, and it was, a, I mean, it was like a 180 degrees because I went from chemical engineering mm-hmm. to biblical studies and humanities. So I, I bet your parents are like, dude, what's up? Yeah, because, I mean, as a chemical engineer, you know, they, they get paid well mm-hmm. and they are as security. And so there are a lot of things about that that was appealing. I still enjoy mm-hmm. science and math, but um, ministry and that kind of world has much less security. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was part of their fear, I guess, and frustration. Sure. So uh, I switched and I left. I didn't even go back home for Christmas. Oh. And I left Oklahoma State, drove across country, and I spent Christmas with some friends in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. And the first time I set foot in the state of Georgia, I moved into my dorm at uh, which is now Point University. Mm. And uh, and so and that's where I met my wife that next year. And uh, and so I finished there with a degree in biblical studies and humanities and then went to seminary here in Johnson City. So that's how I ended up here. Did you go to Emmanuel? I did, uh-huh. yep. Mm. And uh, so I finished uh, in 2004. Mm-hmm. So it's been a few years. Yeah. And I really thought, hey, I'm on this academic track. I really enjoyed early church history. Mm-hmm. So I was a nerd still, yeah, uh-huh. just in a different way. A church uh-huh. nerd. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yeah. church history nerd. And so I went to an Orthodox seminary in New York. Oh. But I only went for one semester, and it was, it was just not a good fit. And at that point, having been in college for like 10 years or you know, post-high school for 10 years and not being a student, I didn't know who I was. I mean, that was my entire identity, um, education was. And mm-hmm. so I was confused and lost and frustrated. I didn't know what to do. Um, and so my wife went to grad school. She's a librarian. Uh, she works at Providence Academy. And, and so she went to um, Long Island University to get her master's in library science while I tried to figure stuff out. And so In New York City? In New York City. We're just north of the city in Westchester. Okay. And uh, I, I got a job working at World Vision. And I worked in the South Bronx for almost seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
we had a couple of kids and wanted to be back closer to family down here. And so uh, in 2012, I moved back to Johnson City to work for Appalachia Service Project. Okay. And I know you guys had Laura Kelly yeah. right. um, recently, and her and I worked together at ASP. Oh, mm-hmm. awesome. And so I knew that's where I met her. And so I did that for five years. And while I was there, was involved in uh, ASP had received a big grant from the Lilly Endowment. And uh, they do, they fund so much around mm-hmm. theological education and vocation and calling. Mm-hmm. And, and so every year we would have this big meeting with all these organizations that were doing kind of year-long service opportunities to help people figure out who are you supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Who is God calling you to be? And, and that's when I realized I really like how these other organizations are doing it. And ASP did it in a way because we would bring fellows in and work at ASP, mm-hmm. and then I would work with them with curriculum and calling and purpose and stuff on top of all that. But the job was just so much that we didn't have a, a, a whole lot of time for that. And so I went and said, like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own program. And so I, I left ASP in November of 2017 and uh, started what is now inner year. And so our first Ooh. year was 2018 in August. And so we're in the middle, towards the end of our third year now. Wow. Take some courage. Yeah, it just take some major courage. That was rough. Yeah, to yeah. do that, I would it think. It was real rough. Well, it, when you're <laughs> trying to support a family also. Yeah, because we have three boys. Right. And, yeah, and, uh, and, and a librarian salary, which yep. even if you have a graduate degree in librarianship. We don't pay them enough. No. No. Um, so you can really identify with your fellows as they uh-huh. begin to try to figure yeah. out what's going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. And you have strands. Yep. And I, I know that this is a bit in the weeds, but I, I want to sure. go in the weeds because okay. you really focus on four things. And I have a feeling it's intentionally that it you're is. really trying to draw those strands out. What are those? Yep. And I actually sort of mentioned them already. So uh, the first one is intentional community. Mm-hmm. So living there at the house together. Why does that matter? What happens in that? And what, why does that help somebody so, figure out their lives? So much happens. Um, it is opportunities for conflict which is a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing. Because it teaches you how to live through that. And how um, to manage it in, in a right. productive way yep. instead of a destructive way. Yeah. You learn how to get in trouble. That's exactly in right. In a safe place. Yeah. In, in a safe, safe place. place. Yes. And see that you can get through it. Yep. But also, um, you know, cooking and preparing meals for one another. Um, <laughs> and so there's the, the hospitality aspect yes. of opening up the home for yes. others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just like taking care of the house. So mm-hmm. like chores and that kind of stuff, mowing the yard and... Which for some of your fellows may be a new experience. It it, it has been, yeah, for some of them, yes. (laughs) So (laughs) Figure uh, pointing going on here at the table. (laughs) Some great opportunities to learn life skills. Exactly. But um, it's just how how are we obligated to one another? Mm -hmm. And how can we learn from one another in those And acknowledging that we are obligated, whether you want to realize it or not. Yes. None of us live in a vacuum. So intentional community, that's a strand. And then service is the other one. And so that's the the partner organization. So every year, that's really the kind of the backbone of the funding for us. Mm -hmm. And so our partners um, essentially pay us a fee each month to send them a fellow. So for the organization, it functions like a like an internship. So the fellow will work like 32 hours a week, so for four days. Uh, can you, so can you throw an example time. out there, like of a, like a partnering, or give me sure. a generic name of a... Yep, so uh, ASP has been a partner from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the fellow who's worked there in the past has done, um, uh, helped out with fundraising and phone calls and some data entry stuff, but also helped out with social media planning and execution, gathering stories, writing stories, mm-hmm. Um, 
So they, they get a chance to, to see what it's like to work at an organization, mm-hmm. um, whether that's you know, a youth service organization like LXI. So some of our partners, we've had ASP and, and LXI as a youth program here downtown. Um, Grandview Christian Church and First Christian Church have both been partners of ours. Mm-hmm. And uh, we worked with Coalition for Kids that first year and Appalachian Christian Camp, mm-hmm. um, One Acre Cafe. I know you've had them on here mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And so we partnered with Michelle this year. And so we've got uh, a fellow working there. And That's so awesome. It's been really wonderful. And so part of it is, is to give those fellows that chance to have a regular job, to see what it's like, uh, but also to... I play a more active role than you would in a, like in a regular job. And so checking in periodically to make sure the job is going well from both perspectives. Mm-hmm. So from the organization side, is our fellow doing what they're supposed to do? And how can I help them perform better or make sure communication is happening? And then for the, for the fellow to kind of help advocate for them and they're so they have a clear job description. So they're not just a random intern doing whatever. Mm-hmm. It's they actually have a job description that they are required or expected to meet. Those, those uh, responsibilities. So um, for all intents and purposes, it's a regular job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gives them a chance to either confirm a direction that they want to go in or maybe think, yeah, you know, I thought I wanted to work with kids, but maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll go a different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, another strand is that spiritual formation piece. And so, you know, I grew up in the evangelical church and, and we <coughs> had basically, we did talk about Advent. Of course, we had Christmas and then Easter. And that was it pretty much for the holidays and mm-hmm. the, what the Christian calendar looks like. But it is such a, a rich and robust uh, approach to ordering your life. Mm-hmm. And so looking at the liturgical calendar or the Christian calendar. And so the year begins at Advent. And so you begin the year with this posture of anticipation and preparation and introspection uh, rather than a big celebration of New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And so it is a much different approach to how to live. And so... Mm. We talk about kind of those different seasons of the year, and, and we take some spiritual retreats that kind of coincide with that. And mm-hmm. so the spiritual formation part is, is uh, an attempt to, how do I live my life uh, in a different rhythm? Mm-hmm. Uh, to slow down and be intentional in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so we help them create a rule of life, which kind of structures their, their habits and their approach to the world, and then live that out throughout the year. Uh, and then uh, right before Lent, we'll do another one that's focused on kind of helping them be really um, looking at themselves a little bit. And they do like a spiritual autobiography mm-hmm. and spend some time fasting. And then we'll, we'll take another one towards the end of the year, which is kind of a after Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And it's, okay, how do we do this, this life? Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to live? And so the Christian calendar is kind of broken up into two pieces, really. The first part is, you know, anticipation of Jesus coming. Mm-hmm. We have Christmas. Uh, Jesus lives with us. We have his ministry. And then after the ascension and Pentecost, then it's ordinary time. Right. And that's most of the year. Right. And so it's like, okay, now we, we've seen how we're supposed to live. Now we get to do this mm-hmm. before we start it all over again and learn anew each year what mm-hmm. that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, when we take this retreat, it's more about, okay, here is a spiritual retreat for you. Mm-hmm. And this is how, what you should do every year. Just take a, take a weekend mm-hmm. and spend some time in reflection and, and looking at your purpose and what it is you're doing well, what you can do better. Mm-hmm. What um, a gift to give to these young people. That's a gift oh, for me, too. Their so. lives, if they could figure out a rhythm like that at the age yeah. of 21 or 22 or right. 26. It, it or took me much, much longer. Or 30. <laughs> it took a lot of face yes. down in the mud to find out that that's yeah. the best way to live. Yep. And then the fourth strand would be... The fourth one is the vocational discernment. Is the vocational discernment. So, figuring out what you want to do. 
Yep. And, what and what, the way that we do that is actually by looking at issues. And so we'll we start off talking about the Enneagram kind of heavy in the beginning oh, yeah. to kind of build some empathy mm-hmm. and compassion for each other in that intentional community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we look at what, what does it mean to be a Christian community, both internally but also in the, in the world. How do we participate in community? How do we be a good neighbor? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we look at um, hospitality and peacemaking and then some other issues like economic justice, race and reconciliation. Uh, we look at immigration uh, and then we take a month and focus on the practice and way of discernment. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to live a life in discernment? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go back to so food justice issues. We look at uh, beauty mm-hmm. as a concept, theological concept. And, and then we uh, look at um, uh, relationships. What are healthy relationships? What do they look like? Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, we talk about just transitions and what, what life looks like after that. What an amazing program, and I'm sitting here listening to you talk, and I'm really fascinated, and I think from your history, from your own personal background in church history, Mm -hmm. at how closely that resembles the monastic lifestyle, and how it's modeled on that same sort of principle and practice of, you know, withdrawing into a safe community, and then, you know, integrating those spiritual concepts into ordinary life, and yeah, that's, um, that's really fascinating i'm so super excited to hear about all of and, this. but with the ex- anticipation that they are going to be leaving that cloister they do and i and hope that's that okay to use that, that your sure. job is mm-hmm. to get out there and engage in race and culture and mm-hmm. food instability and mm-hmm. social justice and yeah. all the stuff that's got to happen mm-hmm. for you yeah. to be and it's been hard this last year or so because yeah, what we th- one out. of the ways to do that is actually to bring people mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that are experts in these areas mm-hmm. so we've done some like a uh, video zoom calls with some people it's just not quite the same to have them in person mm-hmm. to be able to ask them and talk to them about stuff mm-hmm. um, but ask them also about their own kind of vocational mm-hmm. journey how did you get to this role and and because mo- very few of us have this direct path mm-hmm. it's like well I did this and that took me here and then ended up over here mm-hmm. and that's how I got this job you have men and women mm-hmm. in the same house yep and they're in their early 20s correct so let's deal with it Yes. They're figuring out relationships, whether that's the topic of the day yeah. or not, I would think. Yeah. Is it, that, I mean, is that part of it too, is helping mm-hmm. them as they're going through that normal phase in life where it's like. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, presents unique challenges um, for sure. The house um, is, is just a gift. It is a beautiful place. It is so lovely. If you're coming from North Johnson City and you get off on exit 22, a Unica, Watauga exit mm-hmm. to, like, to come downtown area, um, and you get off the highway, it is that house right there on the corner. It's a four-story red brick house with the wooden porches on the side it facing the highway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Marilyn Monroe house it had the big painting yes, of Marilyn Monroe. It used to be a, a beauty salon. Yes, yeah. among many other things. Yes. <laughs> it has been a variety of things over the years. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, so we actually rent out. The, there's a full apartment in the basement. Mm-hmm. We rent that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a full apartment on the top floor. We rent that one out. And then there is a studio apartment on the first floor. And would rent that out. Mm-hmm. And those are all people that, that I know that we've been connected to. And uh, and they kind of participate in the life of the house as well. And that's been and that's income for yeah, the program. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it mm-hmm. makes it possible. Otherwise, that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Your fellows raise money. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, so and they, they get money too, right? They're paid in a way. So sense. essentially, the money that they raise, then then we give back to them each month as a For stipend. their living expenses. Yeah, so they raise 3000 for the year to participate. And then we give them two fifty a Dude, month. That's cheap. Which is essentially everything. I think that's raised. incredibly cheap. Three thousand dollars to for a year long yeah. program. Yeah, and two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, really, the it's 
if you look at it, if they if they do the full eleven months, they've uh, raised three thousand dollars, which means there's an extra two fifty that they don't get back. Mm-hmm. So they're they're raising their own spending money for the for the year, mm-hmm. and then the organizations then pay us to provide that service. Sure. And then the income from the from the rentals, and then um, uh, then just gifts. Uh, donors who help support the organization. Mm-hmm. I think this should be everywhere in the country. Yeah, so you're a 501c3? Uh, we are currently part of Summit. Oh, okay. And uh, waiting any minute to get back our mm-hmm. our, our own designation. So I got you. That that your umbrella uh, organization while you launch. Yep, yep. So we get kind of established and, and operate well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, when we purchased the house, so on that second floor, there's four bedrooms, and each bedroom has its own bathroom which makes it easy mm-hmm. for our says essentially built for us. Yeah. Really, in 1925. <laughs> um, and, they knew. Uh, they knew. You know, they, they knew it was going to happen. And mm-hmm. so um, it allows us to have that kind of mixed community there. So um, you have four fellows a year? Uh, well, we could have eight. So they share, oh, okay. share bedrooms. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have five this year. Okay. And uh, our applications are open now. So if... Y'all are aware of any young adults who no, are we don't know any wrestling with ideas of calling we, we, and purpose. Well, they're, they're at uh, a different they're at a different place right now. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, uh, is it time for our teens? It's time for our teens. All right. Okay. I well, hope they've come up with some stimulating topics of conversation. And as we get ready for them mm-hmm. and pass the mic over, I think sure. we have some listeners who are probably. Beyond the age of eligibility for this. Sure. But that may have family uh, or friends. Or who are themselves trying to figure out, yeah. how do I do, you know? How do I take that to my regular? So do you have any quick advice on what you would say to somebody who's in their 50s or in their 30s and they're trying to discern what's next? Yeah, honestly, I think the best thing for all of us is silence. Mm. Um, is to take time to cultivate an attitude and posture of silence. Uh, just to shut things out, that we are inundated with so much, uh, with our phones and TVs and computers. There's just so much noise, and if we can kind of put a damper on that, even just 20 minutes a day, just to sit and learn how to be comfortable in that space for a while, and then begin to ask questions. Yeah. What if? What if I did this? Mm-hmm. And what would that look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ignatius calls it the um, discerning of the spirits. So am I moving towards this consolation and wholeness or desolation and uh, disintegration? Mm. And so by allowing to some silence to come into our lives, and then you can hear things in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that would be the first step, I think. So you take their phones away when they come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. Although it wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> it wouldn't be a bad Someone idea. Someone should take mine away as well. Uh, yeah, well. exactly. Take my phone. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, you ready to talk to some teens? I am always ready. Here okay. we go. Yeah. Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm um, doing really good. Um, just in case you didn't remember, um, my name is Elijah. I'm Susanna. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, really interesting hearing what you were talking about, um, the inner fellowship, inner year fellowship. Um, I just wanted to know, how did you become interested in public service? Uh, I think I've always, uh, just my family, we've always like served others in different ways. Yes. Uh, and so it's always been important. Uh, mission trips when I was in high school, um, that's always been something that I've done. I don't know. It was modeled for me by others that are better than myself. And so uh, just trying to do what they do and uh, realize the value of it. 
So it was mostly through the church or your parents' Christian ideals? Yes, both. Yeah. I'd say right. it's uh, both of those things together. Yeah. So what are the benefits of this program as opposed to a personal gap year program? Uh, I think that our program uh, is uh, gives folks an opportunity to, to live in sort of that structured environment. I think a lot of us, um, we want to have freedom, but I think that, that sometimes that can be overwhelming. And so to have a little bit of structure and to be with others that are kind of in a similar situation in, in life, uh, stage in life, an opportunity to kind of sit together and to ask some of the same questions. We're, I, you know, we're all kind of wrestling with some of those same questions anyway. And so um, because we, we have a kind of a purpose and a goal for each, perfi- each, each uh, participant, each fellow. And so it gives them a chance to uh, know what they're headed towards. Okay, that makes sense. It's like a gray area between a completely structured like adolescence and just throwing yourself into the real world. Yep, it's kind of a uh, testing ground a little bit. Yeah. Kind of get your feet wet for a year and then go off and do whatever. Because do you not see people, like, they go into a gap year with an idea of exactly what they want to do, and then as soon as they get into it, they completely lose sight of what they wanted to do? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I get a chance to talk to sophomores at Milligan every year, and I just get this big program about, okay, here, here's what a gap year is. Lots of options. So there's tons and tons of options out there. You know, like 90% of the people who take a gap year after college or high school they, they just want to travel and just see the world. Um, and then, but also the, a large, the largest portion are more focused on kind of personal formation and personal growth. Uh, some just need a break from education. But if you're going to take a gap year, whether that's inter year or anything else, know what it is that you expect to get out of it by the end. So if you're just going to say, I need a break from school, I'm just kind of, my brain's kind of full. I can't fit anything else in. I just need to take a break. When you get to the end of that year, to be honest with yourself that, okay, I had told myself I was going to take a break. And did I do that? Or did I have uh, this kind of unspoken uh, expectation about what you might want to accomplish that year? So just be honest with yourself at the beginning about what you want out of any gap year program. And then the hopes is at the end of that year that you'll be able to, to reach that goal. Right, yeah. Yeah, because are you going to be able to get back into it? Are you going to be able to force yourself to go to college after right. taking such a nice break? Yeah, this, it can be tough. This is only a year after people being in the midst of high school. Yeah, Most so right so that's well. part of the reason why ours is a, uh, after college. And yeah. so you've got to be 21. I also don't want to deal with under 21 issues. And it just makes things a lot easier at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, as far as living well together and a little bit of maturity, a little bit of distance from high school, you've been on your own a little bit or in college in some way. Uh, you don't have to have gone to college, but uh, you've had a few years of doing something else. So. Yeah, that's smart. That is smart. Um, do you believe that there is an inherent value to public service? I, I do. I don't think that we would uh, survive without public service. Um, and the more that we can cultivate that as just part of our regular practices and a, an expectation of, uh, like I mentioned before, how we are obligated to one another. Um, and I think that that goes for not just our program, but just for life in general. Like we are part of this giant system. And if we don't, uh, if we're not careful and not taking the health of that system into account, um, then we don't really have the right to complain about things when we're not participating and giving back in some way. Um, and we need to be active participants. I yeah. would agree. Um, where's interyear based out of? What's the location? Uh, the address for the house is 223 East Unica Avenue here in Johnson City. Okay, so it's just... Yeah, it's just here, just here in Johnson City. 
Okay. And they're talking about it's the red brick house. Yeah. Yeah, that that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've I've seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, most people have. You just didn't know that's what it was. No, I didn't. We actually have a sign out front now. We got that this last year, so that's there's good. a nice big sign out front. Awesome. Uh, how focused on public service should teens be? Uh, I think that it is crucial. Um, I, I'd say don't um, do it to the detriment of actually completing your studies and doing schoolwork, but um, being able to give back and volunteer. Uh, I'm sure that I guess Science Hill and Elizabeth, and they've got requirements for public service, right? Community service hours. Sure, yeah. You have to graduate. Um, you know, find something that you're passionate about and, and serve in that way. Uh, give back as much time as you can. Um, because when you begin to, to do that, the earlier you are and of your own choice and through your own responsibility, then that's the, the best chance of having it become a part of who you are and a part of what your life looks like. Absolutely, yeah. Would you say that a main theme of inter-year would be intentionality? That's kind of what I'm picking up from this. Yeah, I'd say that's an excellent way to describe it. Uh, So whatever it is that we do, we need to do that with intention and purpose. Uh, In our relationships, uh, in our studies, in our jobs, um, we we need to do things with purpose. Yeah. 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 A huge part of high school is deciding what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give to teens that are unsure? I would say don't put so much pressure on yourself, honestly. Um, you know, I've changed careers lots of times, and uh, I know I'm not the only one at my age to have done that. But we, I, I think, just in terms of kind of vocation and purpose, we, we start at such a young age, like kindergarten. What do you want to be when you grow up, right? And so it's cute at that point because you've got this little – kindergartner saying, I want to be a paleontologist when I grow up. I want to work with dinosaur bones and fun stuff like that. Yeah. But then when it gets closer to when you graduate, there, there's a, a lot more weight to that because you feel like whatever direction I go, that's it. I've got to, I've got to do this and I have to follow through with this. And there's so much money that's wrapped up in it with education and, uh, and time if you're doing like a vocational training program. And so I, I think that we put too much pressure on young adults, uh, high school students in particular, about finding what it is that one thing that you're meant to do. And I don't think that there is one thing that we are meant to do. It's more about the way that we do things. And so talking about service and giving back and being intentional about um, our relationships, the way in which we carry ourselves and move through the world is so much more important than what we do to get a paycheck. Yeah, I agree. You talked about, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll ask a question. Um, what makes you most excited to work with these students or fellows? Uh, I think that the most exciting part is that they all have their own passions and desires and things that they're interested in. And I love, um, I love to learn. And so uh, getting to hear from them, uh, things that get them excited, um, I enjoy doing that. And then sometimes there's some hard questions uh, about, you know, who do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like? And that can be a hard place, but I just really enjoy sitting in that that weird, awkward space with people who are trying to figure that out. That's I, super cool. And you said there was, like, no one below 21, but what's the age range? What's, like, the oldest person? Uh, so 21 to 30 is 21 kind of to the 30. target. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. You talked about rules of life when you were talking about Christian tradition and yeah. uh, Advent. What are some rules of life that you think teens and young adults should live by? So, um, like a rule of life is just a, basically looking at, at your life and creating some intention and purpose. So thinking about sort of the big buckets 
of areas in your life. So whether that's education and your relationships, uh, you know, faith, mind, body, spirit, um, finances even at that point, and, and what do you want it to look like? And so if you imagine like a, like a trellis, that you're like building this trellis, and then you're cultivating something to grow up into that. And so your life is actually what is growing and, and flourishing mm-hmm. on that structure of what that trellis looks like. And so as you define each kind of area or bucket of your life, just say, hey, here's what I want to do with my finances. I want to be able to save some, then give some away, and then be able to spend some. And all it is just a statement of purpose about it. And then just having the accountability with others to kind of follow through with that. And so I would just start simple, start small, like, hey, let me spend 10 minutes a day in prayer, reading something that's reflection to get me to think about who I am and who I'm becoming. Uh, what relationships are important to me right now? How do I want to spend that time? So just look at a few areas and, and just make some very small, basic steps that you can do each day or each week and work towards that. So really building habits. Yeah, it's all about those those daily, weekly habits. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, my last question for you is: What does Enter Year have in store that you are most excited for? Uh, I'm most excited about um, maybe this next year um, having uh, more vaccinated folks in our community and be able to participate in different ways and and open the house back up. It has felt very much like a like a private house this year. Mm -hmm. And that was never the goal. It's more of a community space and to invite people in and share the, the richness of life together in ways that we haven't been able to this past year. That is exciting. Yeah. And you think that's, that's really going to happen by next year. I hope so. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's yeah. We're headed that direction. Uh, if we can just stay on course Mm -hmm. as a community. Hope so. You've given a lot of well-rounded advice for uh, teens, young adults, people, all the way up to their their 30s. Is there any other advice that you would like to give for the people around that age range? Uh, I would say um, it's. I, I think what is most important is how do I and help others flourish? And so in order to, to do that well, what can I do today to help empower someone, to encourage them, uh, to be the best version of themselves? What kind of word of encouragement can I offer them? What can I do to give them space that they might need to, to think about some hard, hard questions? And so I, I think um, we just, I mentioned earlier, we just, there's just so much that we are consuming um, passively that we're not aware of. And so if we can just shut out some of that stuff and enjoy a little bit of silence, I think that we would all be healthier for it. I agree. I would agree. I'm going to try well. to do that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Struggle it's with harder it. than it sounds. It, yeah. it is really hard. It really is. Because it is everywhere. Just yeah. like you can't really escape it unless you're really intentional about it. Yep. That's good advice. There's that word again. Intentionality. Oh, yeah. Yep. Keyword for today. Ding, ding, ding. Um, where can everybody find you and Inner Year Fellowship? Uh, at interyear.org. It's I-N-T-E-R-Y-E-A-R.org. And uh, we're on... Uh, Facebook um, and Instagram and Twitter, Inner Year Fellow uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And again, the location of the house. Is house is at 223 East Unica Avenue. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to say before we wrap up? I love this uh, opportunity to get to hang out with some high school students. Yeah, uh, we it's really great. appreciate you coming on. I think on. it's important. We enjoy it this is, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Cool. Thank, Thank you, you for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. 
that's our show. Thanks so much for listening to Doing Good, the podcast. And you can find us if you'd like to hear more at our website at we'redoinggood.com or on Facebook or Instagram at We're Doing Good. So please like our pages and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We all have something that we can be doing. So just take the first step. Everybody show some love and do some good. Have a great day. Thank you.